Close the Curtain podcast is an audio platform created to educate, entertain, and inspire women to live their best lives while they close the curtain on things that no longer serve them. We bond over wine or the drink of your choice while sharing many laughs, loves, and sometimes even tears. While this show features our opinions, it should not take the place of you seeking professional healthcare advice. Please buckle up and enjoy the show. I fly United, I fly first class. I make them close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering going back and close. It's so hot, we can't breathe. Please close the curtain, I can't take it. I only have one of them great. I can't help them all, please. Please, please close the curtain. Yeah, I'm for sure, for certain. Some topics be making us way too uncomfortable. Queasy stomachs hurting. We do not deal with negative energy, vibes, and negative person. Tell the story, this hurry up urgent. I needed to close the curtain. I'm Shalana. Don't let the sweet voice and the stethoscope fool you. Because I can tell it like it I is. Hey y'all, I'm Caroline, a Midwestern girl with a Southern flair. I will open and bless your heart in the same breath. After turning 30, there's two places I strongly belong. In a bed and in a book. Sometimes both. Nalita. I fly at night and I fly first class. Close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering go back and close. Who is swag? If ain't swag, who is swag? If ain't swag, who is swag? If I ain't swag, who is swag, baby? Baby, 
<laughs> if that didn't make you want to get on your legs and strut around that stage like Maxwell, y'all need to go listen to that song again. Because I tell you, that really motivated me. Not me over here doing a pancake. Y'all remember the pancake dance? <laughs> Hold on. First of all, you're not going to just glide over the fact that you diss Maxwell right there. Talk about <laughs> Yeah, dissing Maxwell right in my face. No, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> you saw what he was doing, yeah. But he did you try it, trying to get down and get his eagle on. <laughs> but he did, though. <laughs> he did. He did. It was nice. I don't know what else to say, but welcome, welcome, welcome to this installation of Close the Curtain Podcast with your favorite girls. We are going to talk about it. Shalana, you want to bring us up to date with our boy Dion? What's going on with him? Yes. So I just wanted to point out that it is homecoming season. So rep your favorite HBCU, but it's homecoming season. And this story just falls right into place with some of the foolishness that you know will be going on on many of our HBCU football fields. <laughs> so the story goes like this. Apparently, B. Jackson State played Alabama State for their homecoming game and beat them 26 to 12 some time ago. Deion Sanders approached Eddie Robinson Jr., who was the head of the football coach for Alabama, with a handshake. Eddie Robinson obliged the handshake and then Deion Sanders tried to bring the handshake in with a hug. Like, come on, man, bring it in. Let's give a hug. And Eddie Robinson pushed him off and wasn't going for all of that. And they got into a two second old man scuffle. I like the call because it didn't really last that long. <laughs> uh-uh, it only lasted for a Mississippi minute. Chat. <laughs> So later during the press conference, Eddie Robinson said that he respected Deion Sanders as a football player and an athlete, but he is not, nor will he ever be SWAC, S-W-A-C. So SWAC, for those who don't know, is the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and it is the conference that hosts all of the Southern HBCU teams who made that conference. And so it's also a little bit of a fraternity, I guess, for a lot of the coaches, because a lot of the coaches who are coaching teams in this conference have played underneath the SWAC conference, except for coach Deion Sanders, who we call Coach Prime. He has not played underneath the SWAC title, but he did graduate from HBCU, though. He played for Florida State. But he graduated with his degree from an HBCU. So I just want to put that out there. So the teams that are underneath this conference is FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama State, Jackson State, Grambling State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is Nalita's alma mater, and a few others. Yep. So, you know, even though... Coach Eddie Robinson didn't think Deion Sanders was swag uh, because he played for Florida State University, which is a major PWI here in Florida. I personally believe that he is swag because he's basically mentoring young black men. Like he said in his speech, he's inspiring and he's motivating young black men. And by doing this, he is giving back to our community in more ways than one. And if that is not swag, then baby, 
I don't know what is. <laughs> okay, because while he doing all that talking, he didn't swack himself into a win because they show sure lost 26 to 12. So I'm gonna need him to buzz on back to campus and try it again next year. <laughs> yeah. swag. He was really tripping. <laughs> I mean, I just can't believe they was on that screen doing all of that nonsense. <laughs> Alabama. You know, it don't take much. <laughs> what y'all say, Evan around and finding out. It don't mm-hmm. take it much. Doesn't mm-hmm. take much. <laughs> it doesn't and take it, much. And it if one of them much. really had a hauled off the whole football teams would have been suspended or something for the rest of the season because and it's just not even called for but even though people are saying that Deion Sanders had been talking trash because everybody is inviting the Jackson State to their school for their homecoming game yeah and so he was saying oh you want to bring us to your school okay we'll play you we'll bring your school some money you know that's yeah. basically what he was saying as far as <laughs> trash talking so I know who won't be calling the Jackson State over to come play us okay <laughs> Georgia University State better State. not <laughs> God, <laughs> listen, my little PWI don't want that smoke either. Yeah, we, we just we sure don't. The last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackson you State's undefeated. It. Okay. Mm. Where mm. with that smoke? Well, we in sweat yeah. and JSU probably blew mm-hmm. us out the water. Like, I ain't even been keeping up with it, but I just know <laughs> yeah. that we haven't been doing great for a couple of years. I'm surprised. Look, we still in sweat. <laughs> But girl, what I am most surprised about is that Alaska is saying that they finna cancel snow crab season. Now, who has gone and (laughs) disappeared these billion crabs? Where y'all hide the crabs and why? In my stomach. Because I done tore (laughs) tore them up every weekend. Okay. Me, I got them. I don't know what you're gonna do then because they're canceling this snow crab season, so you ain't gonna have nothing, baby. Let me grow some in my backyard. Who I need to talk to at this apartment to get a little crab cage back here and mm-hmm. let me harvest a crab this. farm. I know this the year of yeah. Ariel, but y'all better sit down <laughs> trying to harvest crabs in the backyard. Peter gonna be on y'all doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, First of all, Peter, these... Peter better go find them crabs. They <laughs> so worried about them. Yep. First of all, these researchers clearly do not eat snow crabs because if they did, they would know that there is a crab shack on every corner. If you go down the street, you'll see a crab shack. If you go around the corner, you'll see a crab shack. Everywhere you go, there is a new crab shack opening. It is becoming just as common to see a crab shack as it is Starbucks on every corner. So like Caroline said, I'll tell you where all the crabs are going. We eating them all in my belly. I just had crabs the other night. <laughs> Along with the butter, huh? <laughs> with the butter, I'm telling Same. you, and the garlic. Well, y'all better cut back just a little bit for your belts be tightening. You be sad when we go out to Houston next time. Can't even go to no crab boil shop because they all out of business. Okay, listen, these little waste bees are screaming for their life over here. I need to cut back. But that's all right because what I'm going to do this weekend, eat some more crab. Yeah, being hard. They tell me it's all gone. (laughs) These Mm. researchers that already put you out and on notice. So you better cut back, girl. 
somebody who needs to really cut back is our friend genuine because he wasn't <laughs> on the stage like maxwell he was on the wrong one trying to hold his breath and conquer his fears and he done passed out in his tank y'all did you see <laughs> he was trembling he just looked old poor trying to do a magic show with crisscross angels and i don't know if there's some kind of like donation like a charity or something but it just says he was preparing for the Chris Angel's magic with stars in Las Vegas. Doesn't sound like it when the paramedics were called to the scene. And what should have tipped you off, Genuine, that this was not the right thing to do was when you had never had a successful practice run. None of them <laughs> prior to you going on stage were successful. So why would you keep this up? See, it don't take much effing around to find out. It don't take much. But I bet you genuine was trying to practice going deep sea diving to find the missing crab legs. Us, while we keep was. dragging him about that dancing, he's trying to save the crab season. That's why he's passing out underwater. He's trying to save us. All I have to say is, when I'm underwater holding my breath, all I can say is, <laughs> damn. Mm. When I'm underwater holding my breath, all I can say is, mm, mm, damn. <laughs> it ain't none of your friends' business. Ain't none of your. <laughs> oh my God. You can go wait to do that. that. I've been oh, that all God. day, y'all. <laughs> Ooh, the scream I just scrumped. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, he wasn't waiting too long. He effed around and found out we ain't playing in this season of life. Why he looking for them crabs? He better stop. Girl, this must be the episode of effing around and finding out because my girl over here was doing a interview talking about the goodness of the Lord. And y'all won't believe what happened. He, he's a good, good father. He is, you know, and, and he he has the best intentions for you. His yeah. plans are to prosper you. Yeah. Bring you to an expected end. But your life does not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bruh. We going to keep this? <laughs> I can't even reach it, bro. This is, <laughs> this is beyond embarrassing. Wait a minute. Bruh. Don't be laughing. Life be like, wait a minute. I'm now they might know he did not have to laugh to laugh like that. <laughs> that was disrespectful. <laughs> it was my money and back. They show her no mercy, <laughs> none whatsoever. <laughs> but her reaction is it would have taken me there too. I think I would have been laughing so hard. Not the fact that her wig fell off, not because of that. But it's her reaction behind that. Like she immediately tried to go back and get it. <laughs> and then the stuff she was saying, she was like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga. 
we keeping this. <laughs> it definitely went viral. <laughs> Just God's plans and purposes. You never know what they are for your life. I mean, mm, it was a whole word, as my sister Caroline would say, mm-hmm. up in here. We keeping this. It was. <laughs> Indeed. I love God, but he was wrong for that. But listen, I'm going to need them Alaskan crab people to go and reach down in that ocean the way she was reaching for that wig. And maybe they'll go find them missing crabs. Because <laughs> she was reaching. She was reaching. <laughs> she was reaching. <laughs> and she find her hard work finally paid off. But I mean, if it's a disease that's killing off the crabs, you don't want to eat them anyway. Can you imagine we just went through COVID? What could possibly occur with crabs? Baby, let me But it's not something. a disease. We already said we eating them. But listen, <laughs> I just had my COVID vaccine twice <laughs> and two boosters. And I had Taco Bell yesterday. If that ain't going to kill me off, then I can eat a little crab with a little stink <laughs> on it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Give me what you crab. say the heat you gonna make sure the temperature Ooh. get to the correct level that's right <laughs> that's right yeah we boil that water real hot mm-hmm. <laughs> real bad yeah yeah just... we so black right be acting up it funny now tell me when i describe this next icebreaker story what race do you think this lady is so Woman goes to Dominican Republic for Brazilian butt lift, finds herself without a kidney. It says a popular surgery is the Brazilian butt lift, but one unnamed woman who got it in the Dominican Republic found herself without a kidney. As reported by blank blank, I ain't gonna even tell you because that might give you a clue. Getting a BBL has become a popular trend that is causing many people to go overseas in search of a cheaper way to contour their bodies. But doing so comes with consequences. And the woman's friend, I tell you, Anita recorded a video in her car and posted it on YouTube as a cautionary tale. So I guess it later on after this surgery or whatever, when she came back to, I guess, America, I don't know. It doesn't say that that's where they actually live, but that's what I assume. She experienced body aches and headaches, so she went to her doctor, who noticed that her kidney count was low, asked her if she had had any surgeries in the last year, to which she replied yes, and a CAT scan revealed she was missing a kidney. And when she tried to reach out to the doctor who removed her kidney, how do you know that it was sold on a black market? This story got a lot of crap going on. But she attempted to contact the doctor, and it was fruitless as they had disappeared. So if you could just hitherto a guess, who would you say <laughs> then went to the Dominican Republic to get a less expensive surgery and came back less of a kidney? Us. That was us. You ain't even had to finish the time <laughs> of that story before I knew that was us. <laughs> but why do you think it was us, Caroline? I'm just curious. Because that wasn't my initial thought. <laughs> it was. Okay, so who did you think? You thought it was like a- Someone from Brazil. Brazilian. The only reason why I say that is because I think they're more so into 
plastic surgery and getting lifts and, you know, the whole aesthetic lifestyle than we are to a certain extent. So when I read this story initially without knowing, I immediately thought that it was somebody from there. See, I thought it was us because I remember earlier this year, I had to fly to Miami and it wasn't on Delta Airlines. My company put me on another airline that I will not speak of. And when I was coming back, you could just see a line of girls in wheelchairs and them little butt pillows because they couldn't sit down all the way. I promise you it was like eight of them girls waiting to board mm-hmm. the plane early because they mm-hmm. need a little extra time to sit down. And they all had one thing in common. They were black. Mm. And I said, oh, what do we have here? At least I could close the curtain, but still. So that's what made me think it was us heading down to DR to get it done like cheaper. It just brought mm-hmm. me back to all those times where they've had, had like wheelchair shortages in the airport. And you see like these long lines of, <laughs> of us waiting aboard a plane because we didn't got work done and flew back home to do some. But no shade if that's you listening. No shade. Do you? But I think yeah, for sure, for sure. But while you're doing you, I need you to check in the mirror and look over yourself to make sure you don't have any extra incisions or markers or anything that would suggest to you that uh, something was removed without your consent. And, and when I say that as well, if you are from the United States and you don't know anyone who is in the Dominican Republic, why are you going over there so freely, willy-nilly, signing paperwork that may not even be in English? I don't know if that's the primary language that's spoken over there. I don't think so. But some of the times when you, you go to different places to have cheaper procedures performed, you don't know what you're getting off into and what that opens up for you. And this woman, she found out. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much her kidney sold for. Cause like, you can live with one kidney, right? Doctor Battle, can. right? You can. Okay, so let let me find out how much this kidney went for. I might need to cut one out and sell it on the black market. Right. I got a house to buy. I wonder if this lady, what was her BMI and stuff? Because I remember when I <laughs> when mm. I was looking into donating a kidney to my dad, they were like, oh, well, you got to be within this certain parameters of BMI and you got to have this mm. and this going on for you to be a donor. And then for them to accept, they mm. have to be within certain parameters and stuff. It's not as right. easy as you would think just taking anybody's kidney yeah there's a lot of parameters a lot of things you have to get past like they usually want you to do a whole complete physical blood work your pap smear have to be up to date because they want to make sure that if you provide this kidney that you're going to be able to survive with just one you know and if you have risk factors for certain things that could put you at risk they're not going to take that kidney from you so you're right Nalita like I think they took this if it really happened, because I told you guys how I feel about it. I felt like the math was just one math and with this story, because <laughs> I don't believe this woman went to Brazil and had her kidney surgery removed. And she didn't know about it until weeks later. Come on, y'all. Weeks later, you know, but, you know, if, if this did happen, this is just terrible because they don't know what kind of health this woman was in. 
you know, they didn't do all those necessary tests and things that they need to do. So it's crazy. But did the article say how much the kidney went for? Because I'm just saying, I could cut mine out. I mean, my BMI is a little higher, so it could go for like the price of one, maybe. I'm just saying, if I could live with one kidney and sell one, clearly on the black market, they're not checking for my BMI and nothing else. They just want a kidney. I'll give them one. And I get a BBL out of it too? Shoot. It doesn't sound that bad. I'm just saying. They should have just broke her off with a, you know, few thousand. <laughs> That's what I messed up. Girl, I wouldn't even be worried about the BBL. It's the lipo. But that brings me to my next thing. What would you say about this doctor? He's a 10, but he stole this lady's kidney. And then he was not able to be found. What would that make him? Well, since he ain't give her no money from that black market kidney, he gonna have to be a two. Yeah. Now, if he broke straight, her off something, he would still be like an eight. <laughs> Shalana, <laughs> she is. He is a liar and he's conniving. A zero. <laughs> and with that, we are back to part two of this man is a 10, but blada, blada, blada. Come on, bring what? us in, Sister Caroline. Shalana said he a crook and a thief. He's a crook and a thief. And he going to hell fast. Real fast. <laughs> real fast. <laughs> Broke and disgusted. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. I'm still looking into this kidney situation. So just mind y'all business. Y'all can cork me next week, but just mind your business. If I come up here bandaged up and quit drinking. He's a 10, but most of his friends are girls. I'm going to remain a 10, but we're going to have to... We're going to have to work on his friendships. I mean, I don't know. I got a lot of friend guys, but But do you think that Mike, you know, would you question his sexuality? I wouldn't question his sexuality, but, um, I was best friends with my husband before we got married. So, but was all his close friends women? You said all of his close friends are women. Yes. Most of them were. Well, not most. Really? I won't say most. I think <laughs> it was like a healthy mix. But yeah. the one best friend he told everybody not to worry about got the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're talking about Jay, he's still a 10. But anybody else, <laughs> like a two. Because they five. They are five. Oh, goodness. All right. He's a five. He's starting off as a five, but he pays and plans all the vacations. All you have to do is show up on time. I'll boost mm-hmm. him up to like a six and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. it. I'll make him an eight. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's it. it. Pays all the bills. And the vacation. the vacation. He plans the Wait, vacation you said, and pays for it. But you said he's a 10? But just the vacation or the oh, bills. Mm-mm. he's a five but he plans the vacations all of them and he pays for everything on the vacation flight hotel food shopping everything he gonna be a, a oh, six no, five, because... five is pretty low on his scale mm-hmm. it is so he'll ugly he's so six. six and a half but he's six because I, he didn't pay the bills i want not just these vacations and stuff but other things that's you know how much I have is a really good score. 
That's Especially a deep, when you that's start a deep plus. <laughs> when you started off at a 50. <laughs> uh, he still can't pass the class. <laughs> can't get no extra credit or nothing, Jesus. Hey, do y'all know how much it costs to fly first class? Ooh. He's a 10. And stay at a Conrad or JW Marriott? Mm -mm, he's a 10. Let's go. My bag stay packed. Let's go. I ain't got to look mm. at you that much. I don't know. I be thinking about intimacy and stuff. Um, mm, I put on five. blindfold. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do all that extra work. I don't like <laughs> blindfold. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying, if you pay for everything on the trip, ten. Let's go. He's a four, but he's funny. Like keep you crying in stitches, but he's only a four. He can stay a four. We'll be friends. <laughs> we'll be good friends. Cause four is pretty low. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is six <laughs> because we'll humor. Humor is uh, it's gonna keep you when when nothing else. Maybe no, I know he's six. It's still low. <laughs> At least, but it's up. At least your line ain't knock them down. <laughs> right. Not the one and a half tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's still a four for me, too. I can make myself laugh. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Listen to close the curtain to make you laugh. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Y'all ready to catch that word? He's a 10, but you can see the little plaque buildup in between his teeth because he don't floss. <laughs> Mm, I'm gonna have to gift him a water pick because that teeth are the first thing I look at, so they bounce him down to a five. I agree with you, Nalita. Teeth are very important, and so is hygiene. So he will bounce all the way down to a two and a half, <laughs> fooling around with me because mm -mm. I'm with you. Straight two and a half, if that <laughs> plaque build up because you know, if that plaque is building up, that breath is hot. Yep. Because it goes finna, hand in hand. You're going to give me contact gingivitis. Mm -mm. <laughs> okay, the last one. He's a 10, but he chews everything out loud. What does he do? You can hear him chew all his food. He chews out loud. He a 10? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a three. <laughs> Real bad. Listen, Ooh. I've gone on a date before with a sloppy eater and I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. So I think it's going to scale him down a bit. Probably to like a three, four. See, I think it depends for me. Like if I'm cooking mm -hmm. and I hear you smacking and chewing your food out loud, it feels like a bit of endearment. Like, oh, this food is busting. And I'm going to have to eat it real loud because it's so good. And for that, he can stay at 10. But if we sitting out here at the garden okay. room or breakfast at Barney's <laughs> and you all loud over some chicken and waffles, honey, I'm going to need to be quiet. <laughs> and you will be five. So, well, I was kind of gearing off of a first date type of thing. We've never been out to eat with each other. And we're just kind of like getting to know each other. And he is a 10 when I first met him. And we sit down for the first time to have a meal. And he chewing all out with his mouth all open and stuff. That's going to scale you. That's going to cost you, bro. You're going to scale all real. the way down to two. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, if you married to somebody, like you said, Carolina, he you just cooked the meal, he's smacking on it and stuff. Okay, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that. Love Bruh. you, honey. <laughs> 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 well it sounds like we're gonna need some blindfolds some water pick floss and some noise canceling some... headphones to fill up with these men uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the dating pool got pissed in it now perfect, Jesus. i'm telling you <laughs> oh my goodness oh, I got so much piss in it <laughs> that's why we can't find them crabs because they in the dating pool with the piss in it and they all die <laughs> Your hummingbird books is gone for the day, ma'am. <laughs> they all gone. Oh, gosh. Okay. Are y'all ready to cork or toast? Okay. Mm-hmm. So this portion of our episode is called Make a Toast or Put Cork in It, where we chat about things happening in the news and decide if we're going to celebrate and make a toast or if we're going to put a cork in it because it's a no for us. Now, before we get started, what I always ask, what y'all drinking tonight? Some golden margarita and water. Because I got to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'm keeping it light too with a barefoot Moscato, one of my favorite wines. Now, y'all know I love some bougie wine in a can. So this is called Mm -hmm. Day Drinking by Little Big Town from sunup to sundown. And this is called Southern Peach. It's like a wine spritzer. I haven't tried it yet, so I don't like it. I'm sorry. Like it. Maybe it tastes the yeah. first taste. It mm-hmm. tastes like I want to be Stella Rosa. Mm-hmm. But I'm a yeah. three. <laughs> I know wine spritzers are a little tricky. They can because be. yeah, because they can be good, you know, but then most of them taste like salsa water. Yeah, like did this Ooh. expire? Mm-hmm. It tastes bitter. Mm-mm. that's the know. wine okay day drinking we don't like you it's fine everything is fine I got some that's why I should have stuck with my black girl magic that I got in there that's what I get <laughs> you can switch it out sis we ain't gonna clock you Appreciate and don't they y'all. have spritzers too they have spritzers know. too right they do I've seen mm-hmm. them in a can but I didn't know it was yeah but I don't think they call it black girl magic I think they call it something else Oh, it must be the McBride sisters, like their actual, like mm-hmm. their line okay. of drinks. Yeah. And Target has them too. Yeah. Say less. Now I'm petty. So if I don't like theirs, I ain't going to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into this first story. When someone hits you, you hit them back. Now, I know y'all remember Andrew Caldwell, better known as I Am Delivered. I don't like men's no more. And stop calling me this, sis, but with a list. <laughs> Andrew Caldwell made a public service announcement recently telling parents to please stop sending your kids to school with the idea that if someone hits you, you hit them back. You are part of the problem, this. Now, the comment section of this Instagram post was like split down the middle where some parents didn't really condone the violence while other parents agree in the name of run up, run up, get done up. So Nalita, I know you have a, a child. Do we court this parenting advice? Like, did y'all grow up with this? If they hit you, you hit them back? No, absolutely not. I didn't grow up with it, but um, I mean, 
I don't know. It just kind of depends on if this is a daily something like this person is just bullying you and you coming home looking beat up. Now, we told you if around and find out the <laughs> you, you ain't got to do a whole lot to find out. So if it's something that's consistent and you done went to the school and no plan has been put in place because I found out last school year, I think somebody was, one boy had done twisted Leilani's arm behind her back and was kicking her up on the table. And I guess maybe he called himself liking her, but I told her signs of abuse and doing all that kind of crazy stuff, that is not any sign that of love and none of that stuff teaching your children while they're young. So she didn't end up retaliating against him, but that school, I wrote them a real nice letter to let them know they better get that handled in quick before I be coming up to see them. And so they got it taken care of. But if it's something consistent, you can't let people walk over you. But not just on the first time, I guess, somebody hit you, hit them back. I don't really believe in it. Now, see, we grew up in a very nonviolent household. And so it was very much like if somebody put their hands on you, you tell the teacher. And if the teacher don't do nothing, you tell us. And like, that was it. But I think this day and age, like that was fine back in the 90s, right? Like that was fine. And, you know, both of my parents were educated. So, you know, if somebody has to go tell Principal Gavin that somebody's like messing with his baby, oh, it's curtains for you, right? But this day and age, and these kids throwing books at teachers and carrying on and all this other foolishness, if somebody put their hands on you, you go beat their ass. Ain't no question. No question. If your mama got a problem, she we can run up to. Mm. I I choose violence mm-hmm. with these bad kids. Low. We dig a ditch right. Next we digging to ditches. We going straight oh. to hell. Uh-uh. <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> Real fast. My prayer in chapel today. So I don't agree with Mister. I am. Oh, I've been delivered. I guess because I haven't been delivered. <laughs> I guess because I have it. I don't know. I don't agree with him because I was never like the two of you. I was never really given permission by my parents to fight back if someone hit me or bullied me. It was always you better not get in trouble or I better not ever have to go out to the school for anything. So my parents really put the fear of God in me, if you ask me. So so much so that I literally was bullied for a full year in fifth grade. I mean, this girl would literally terrorize me. You know, she would take things that belonged to me. And she didn't just bully me. She bullied other, you know, girls in our group. Like we allowed her to play with us. I remember this like it was yesterday. We allowed her to play with us and she was in our group, but she would bully girls that were in our group. And I would just put up with it. But one day, I don't know. She was to call me on a bad day. It was the last day of school. I was tired of it. She she took my purse. It was like a book bag purse. I'll never forget. It was a black book bag purse. And book bag purses were in back in fifth grade. And she ran around the classroom with it. And she wanted me to chase her for it. So she would run around the classroom with it. And I wouldn't get up out of my seat because I was like, oh, if I get up out of my seat, I'm going to get in trouble. If I'm running around the classroom, I'm going to get in trouble. You know, so I just let her run around with it and I kept asking for it back. So finally, the teacher intervened and demanded that she give the purse back to me. So she walked up to me 
and she looked at me and she was like, you want your purse? And threw it at me and was like, get it. So she threw it at me and it, it hit me in my face. Y'all, I don't remember anything that happened <laughs> after that. That's All right. I remember was my- blacking out. <laughs> and when I finally came through, I was on top of her and the students were pulling me off of her. That was the first and only fight I had ever gotten in in school when it was in the fifth grade. I will never forget that day. I don't know what happened, what transpired after she hit me with the book bag purse. But all I remember was I was on top of her, just fighting her. And when we got up off of each other, I looked at her. She was bleeding, (laughs) all kind of stuff. I bet Lizzie ain't never had nobody black out on her before. Right. Uh -uh. Right. But. The And I think it was just all of those days of allowing her to bully me that just kept building up and building up and building up. Now, going back, you know, to what's going on now in our school system, I think, you know, bullying has a lot to do with the reason why some of these students are going back and harming other kids, harming other students and harming themselves. But one thing that made me upset about that whole experience is when I got home, I was so scared because I thought my dad was going to come home and I was going to get in trouble. And I thought I was going to be on punishment. I thought that my life was going to be over at that very moment because that was the first time I had ever gotten in trouble. And he looked at me when he got home and he was like, so what happened? And I told him how the girl bullied me all year. I told him how she shoved my purse in my face. And he was like, so did you win? I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me <laughs> I could have laid this girl out a long time ago. <laughs> and she would have left you alone after that. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have had to go through all of that. So that's what really made me upset. But, you know, it's that experience that I had is the reason why I really don't agree with, you know, you should teach your kids not to start trouble. But then at the end of the day, you have to instill in them that they are able to defend themselves if they have to and teach them to fight. Don't be out here telling your kid that, that they can go out there and defend themselves and then they don't know how to fight now. For sure. <laughs> That's <laughs> true too. Yeah. Now, My parents don't have a... They ain't teach me how to throw no bows. <laughs> Thank God for the cousins. Because if you're going to teach your child to knock if you buck, you better teach them to be ready to fight. For sure. <laughs> because as we can see on this show, it don't take much effort around to find out, does it? <laughs> All right. So in our next story, have y'all heard of the low vibrations plate? Quote, I will never eat a plate that looks like this. End quote. Says Coach Stormy, while she points to the soul food that's close to breaking this paper plate that her client is holding. And from what we can see in this Facebook video, the woman has corn, potato salad, a barbecue lead quarter, hot dog, and a hamburger. This woman sat up there with a straight face and told that told her client that she deserves better than that food because it's a low vibrational plate. And she also said that that plate is fit for a hood rat. So I guess you can call me a hood rat because that sounds very delectable to me. Now, Coach Stormy sat down with the host of TGIF and explained that her client already ate a mouthful of food before she said what she said. So apparently, according to Coach Stormy, 
The client had two hot dogs, two hamburgers, two chickens, baked beans, potato salad, and corn. So once you clear the air on this podcast, TGIF, our good friend, Funky Dineva, based out of Miami, Florida, told Coach that she's making it worse, actually, and like really questioned, like, who was she to embarrass her friend like that? And then he was looking at Coach Stormy's plate that had like a piece of corn, like half a chicken on it, and like something else. And <laughs> Dineva said, your plate was given starvation realness. You called your plate royalty and called her plate a hood rat plate. Like what you give on a consistent basis is hood rat. Your nails are green. You were licking the barbecue sauce from your fingers after God knows where they been, all while dicking around in this lady plate. Meanwhile, y'all eating off of white Dixie plates at an event that people paid thousands of dollars to attend that you were responsible for. And then on top of that, shrimps are the roaches of the sea. Yes, shrimps with an S. They are the roaches of the sea and there's no nutritional value in corn. So how was your plate or your vibration any higher than hers while your leg was cocked open on the chair? End quote. Now, (laughs) I mean, the two plates (laughs) weren't that different. So do y'all follow this like low vibrational plate? And what do y'all think of Funky Dineva's response? Are we corking sis or nah? I never even heard of a low vibrational plate until somebody shared this story. And then I'm like the person who was interviewing Stormy, like, how can you say something about somebody else's plate when your plate was not that much different? And when you said you was at this classy event, you were like, you got it catered. You didn't know what they was going to be doing. Well, you should have sent somebody to manage and check over because you worried about what's on the plate, I would think that you wouldn't have had the catering to even provide these types of things if you thought that they were so subpar. Not to mention the cutlery, the plasticware. If you're selling <laughs> tickets for this much money, you need to have some charger plates. <laughs> we need to be sitting at a real <laughs> table <laughs> where the Feast of the Lord is spread, don't? <laughs> be playing these types of games like I just don't understand then to put somebody down like that and really make them feel so bad I hate when people do that so she in a court <laughs> I don't believe in this low vibration it might be a thing but you don't have to talk that bad to somebody to help them to see that what they may be doing is wrong I don't care if you are their coach or whatever and don't do it in front of people like that either. That was just rude and disrespectful. Definitely will be getting my coins. <laughs> okay. If anybody is poor, broke, busted, and disgusted, it's you. Because this is the food you're serving at your event. So who has the low vibration after all? But listen, I love me some Funky Dineva. Been a fan since day one with my hair is laid like Shirley Franklin. So I will never cork sis over here. However, Coach Stormy can get the whole wine bottle because this was out of order, especially if this is your event that people pay money for and you got these about to break Dixie plates. That's what sent me. You talking about something that's a low vibration. It was them cheap ass plates. 
Yeah, not even the expensive Dixie plates. You know, they have the expensive ones where stuff doesn't leak through and then you have the one that's just made plain paper. They had the ones that's made of paper. <laughs> they couldn't even spend $3 on a package of Dixie plates. But first of all, I'm like, Nalita, what is a damn low vibration plate anyway? Because if I looked at the two plates and compared the two, like her friends and then Funky Deneva's plate, her plate looked like the plate of the peasants. Okay. If her <laughs> friend's plate was ghetto, her plate was the plate of the peasants because she had one chicken wing on there, what, two shrimp <laughs> and one corn on the cob. Listen, sis, when you ate that plate, I'm sure you were still hungry. But if her friend was a hood rat with all that stuff on that plate, I guess that I'm a hood rat too. Because if someone gave me a plate with two hot dogs and hamburgers, on my plates, as greedy and hungry as I am right now, listen, best believe I would listen. accept it. And I dare one of y'all to tell me not to eat it because I will put a cork in both of y'all. Okay, just like I'm going to put a cork in Stormy in her antics. Mm -mm. Are we sharing though? That's my <laughs> only question. I want the low vibration of plate. Right. I, I want the low vibrations. <laughs> it looked real good to me. Yeah. You got some baked then, beans. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. toast that plate. That's what I'm gonna toast. I'm gonna toast that plate. And in my opinion, I think she publicly humiliated her friend or her client or whoever that is for likes and views, because that's basically what happened. You know, she got the likes and she got the views after she insulted her friend. And she also did that to grow her brand as well, because now she has people watching her. So I just think her antics do not make sense to me. And it just goes to show you how people are so quick to jump on a messy bandwagon. Apparently she has over 4 million followers. I've never heard of her until Caroline introduced this story, but she has over 4 million followers. And my question is why? If this is what she's doing, why are people following her? What is she doing that is so special? That's my question. I have no idea, but you know, this isn't the type of sisterhood that we promote here at Close the Curtain because we're not mm. out here to embarrass anybody, especially no. someone we call a client or a friend. Now we're going to throw a little shame. We're going to laugh at you, but we will never, <laughs> <laughs> we will never set out to like intentionally embarrass someone, especially if we're the one in the room with that low vibrational ass event right that was the low vibration <laughs> had the audacity she can all her hummingbird books <laughs> all of them all right we need to give us some back so she can go buy some better plates <laughs> shoot <laughs> low oh vibration plate. all right <laughs> now we've been on one accord all episode now I, this one might shake the room up a little bit i don't know but it's one of my favorite topics big bank take little bank but this is a bad date edition so homegirl sarah was fed up she's a new york city social worker who didn't want to give her last name but she had countless dates canceled on her at the last minute so when a man that she met on a dating app recently pulled out of their date an hour before they were supposed to meet she agreed to reschedule with one caveat. He would Venmo her a $50 deposit. Sarah fixed her mouth to say, I'm just done with my time and energy being wasted. 
in almost every other scenario, when someone books a time of their day dedicated to you, they have a no-show policy or a security deposit. So the man who had to cancel, like he agreed to the terms and sent her the money. They met up for a drink on a Monday night and he was fully engaged the entire time, paying for their cocktails and offered to buy them like food to split or whatever. And so like Sarah's friends cheered her on for like being so bold, but her male friends told her it was nuts. Either way, she said, I have no regrets. I think it makes sense. Now, another woman chimed in and said, for me, it's a way to be like, you're a D-bag. Here's the monetary value of my time that you wasted. And she said, this other girl over the years that she sent around six Venmo requests ranging from, get this, $1,500 to $3,000, depending on their financial situation. She listed infidelity, secret marriages, and hiding having multiple sexual partners for some of the reasons for the charges. She said putting a monetary value on caddish conduct helps men better understand the error of the way, she said, adding that she puts the phrase, the D-bag tax in all of her Venmo requests. So like, I can't chime in really because I'm married, but like, are we about to start sending invoices for bad dates? Because like, (laughs) okay, so coming from someone who is still in the dating world with my foot in the dating pool, I can say that it is hard out here for single people and there are a lot of time wasters, quote unquote, out here. It's a lot. Y'all be thankful y'all married. And I don't see anything wrong with this woman charging these men a security deposit and keeping the $50 if the guy turns out to be a douchebag or stand her up. I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, most men would probably back out of the day immediately because if they're presented with this proposal, because to them, I think it would make the woman seem probably a little desperate or it might paint the picture of an angry woman who is scorned. But I'm really not going to cork her for this because I think it is a good idea. It probably would show how serious the person is if they paid that deposit you know, it will show how serious they are about meeting you and showing you a good time, especially if you're meeting them offline, because a lot of people or a lot of guys online are just on there really for one thing and one purpose only. You really don't meet too many guys online who are willing to date with a purpose. So I... I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, I probably wouldn't do it because if I felt like I needed to pay somebody $50 or to have somebody pay me $50 for a deposit to date me, then that's a red flag in itself that I don't need to be going out on a date with this person. But if she felt like she needed to do that, then I'm not going to come for her because like I said, there's a lot of guys out here who will paint one picture and make them think you're interested in them or they're interested in you. And then when you meet them, it's a whole different story. Or they may stand you up for no good reason at all. So I can dig it and I'm going to toast to her. So what if, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. What if you meet a guy and he's a 10, but he's going to charge you a $50 deposit if you're late? 
and we know you because mm-hmm. you related I to me. I wouldn't even go on that date. Because <laughs> you know you're going to be late. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Ain't even trying to be better. Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't even go on that date. And we haven't even established anything yet. You know, so I don't know. I would think a certain way about the guy if he asked me to do that, which is why I said I wouldn't personally do it, but I'm not knocking anybody who does in this okay. day and age. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a toasted. Right. I as well. See, we don't want a court. Well, good. I love that for us. Okay, now this last story, we're going to play Nalita's game of guess what race it is. Vacation breakup could y'all do this a tiktoker goes viral with her breakup getaway which was a couple's vacation like you've never seen it this tiktoker shared her breakup getaway and it has intrigued so many people on blue ivy's internet the video itself has more than 5 million views where the girl shared that she was taking a vacation with her soon-to-be ex-boyfriend in what seems to be a bid to the end of their relationship on a good compassionate note The weekend escape was captured as the two were found holding hands in bed overlooking a beautiful view. So essentially, she captions the video, it won't hurt this bad forever, right? And in the video, like I said, you can see the two of them holding hands and she writes, me and my boyfriend are breaking up in two weeks. We went on a beautiful breakup weekend getaway. We cuddled in the spot for four hours, just reminiscing We talked about all of our fears, our plans for healing, and what we hope for our futures. It was heartbreaking and healing all at once. Now, reactions have been split, ranging from encouragement to shock. Some people just simply didn't understand, with one commenter saying, that would be the worst two weeks of my life, just prolonging the pain. Guess what race it is? It sure you know, I really us. know that's the caucasity. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sure wasn't us because I don't know what black woman gonna go on a date and spend all her money with a guy. First of all, he's spending my money. <laughs> <laughs> he don't send his money. Well, but who maybe... else in bed holding hands for all these hours and just cuddling and reminiscing? I mean, we can do that on another time. Maybe he was the five that pays for all the vacations and all she had to do was show up. But <laughs> to know that we're about to break up and take a breakup vacation, first of all, if we're breaking up, the only vacation I'm going on is with my <laughs> girls, Blasting City Girls, because yes. we'll be up 10,000. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in the court. I'm sorry. You know, I get wanted to be amicable and, you know, mm-hmm. just part ways, but I don't think I've reached this level of maturity, so to speak. But this right here could have been a phone call or a text message. Okay. Like you you can call me and tell me you don't want to be with me no more. Meet me at Starbucks or something like that. Let's not waste each other's time and money <laughs> because there's no way that I am paying hundreds of dollars probably thousands of dollars because you know you got to fly first class and then once That's you right. get there right because we closing curtains on people so we have to fly first class <laughs> so that ticket alone into another country for a vacation is probably going to be over a thousand dollars and then you got to pay for lounging somewhere to stay you got to pay for food all so your time can be wasted 
Because y'all breaking no. up anyway. Because y'all breaking uh-uh. up in two weeks. No. This is a and- low vibration vacation. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I'm telling you, like, when I break up, I break up. Like, we ain't talking to each other. We ain't calling each other. We ain't seeing each other no more. So it's no purpose. <laughs> this nope. was foolishness. <laughs> it was. It's giving low vibration. Yeah. Poor yeah. bro busted and disgusted. You need an invoice for however much time I felt like he wasted of my life. Right on that trip, yes. He don't need a vacation. Oh he need an God. invoice. Yes. It's giving get thee out of my face because it's a court for me, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it was giving flower color colonizers. Child, please. But like, y'all wouldn't even, y'all wouldn't even think about it like just to get a vacation out of it. I don't know Mm -hmm. about that. Because then think about it. I mean, however long this vacation was, I mean, if you decided to go on this vacation, you wouldn't be tempted. Yeah, I know I'm breaking up in this two weeks. But right. we cuddling and not that's not gonna right. cause no physical but it would reactions. The whole vibe. It would right the this... vibe of the trip. That's what I'm what saying. What if the sex was good through the whole relationship? You don't you don't want your brain banged out one last time? <laughs> no, we good right. over here <laughs> because I can go waste my time somewhere else for somewhere free. else. Uh-huh. I ain't trying to pay money for that. He paying though for sure. Sweet. If I decided, he paying. But mm-mm. okay, no, so if he no paid for, for the whole trip, right? But you go. know, no, you know no. how vulnerable it's women a waste are. of emotional time. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so let okay. me ask you this, Caroline: Would you go? Who paying? because you asking all these questions, making me very suspicious right now. <laughs> who who paying? are you? Are you toasting this? Okay, he would because pay. because here's the thing. We're going to drag out these two weeks anyway, whether we in Atlanta or we in another country. We still going <laughs> to drag it out in the, oh, I miss you. All We're going to drag it out either way. So I might as well drag it out on somebody's beach, getting my back blown out, drinking my ties <laughs> in a bikini. Like, I might as well if he's paying for it. I guess. I'll take the low vibrations on a free trip. <laughs> I sure will. Oh my goodness. And who schedules a breakup? See, that's why I know it's not us. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna break True. up with you in two weeks. In two Boy, let me, weeks. Let me, let me check this. my calendar. <laughs> let me check my like, when I got time. Uh-uh, I, I got time for meeting this weekend. I can't do wait. What coach Prime say? I got time today. I got time in two weeks. Uh-uh, we got a service event on Thursday, but get, we can do it next week. I'll pencil you in. Uh-uh. I'm telling you, I'm going through your phone. I see sister girl in your phone. Oh, we're going to break up in two weeks after this. No. Like, she gave him a two-week notice. A, yes. <laughs> oh, That's enough time to get your stuff. And that vacation was her severance package. Okay. <laughs> Just a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Child. Well, while they going on low vibration vacation breakups, we're going to skip on over here to our sidebar segment. <laughs> so we have reached the sidebar segment of the show. I like to refer to this part of the show as the meat and potatoes because we are going to provide you with words of wisdom and inspiration to live by. Celebrity news gossip and pop culture and vacation breakup trips 
It's fun to discuss and all, and it can be quite entertaining and intriguing, but we all need positive words and encouragement to help us get through this thing we call life. So today's sidebar segment is about finding our life's purpose. As humans, I think we all have a need or a desire to move forward to a goal or a purpose. I believe that everyone wants to live a purposeful life or know what their purpose is. So the first question of our sidebar segment is, why is it important to have purpose in life? Because without purpose, you are living, this is me, my truth. I'm living in an endless cycle of stagnation. So purpose generally is what you think of when you think of something that's driving you up onwards. It's what feeds your hunger for more, what gives you light sometimes in the hard times when you can't be motivated or don't have the determination it feels like to go on. And what helps you discover strength when you feel like you're at the end of your own. So purpose is not for me just what life is about. Purpose is actually life I, I don't even need to answer the question because that that was the word right there we could wrap this up with pastor Melita but for me like finding your purpose it might sound like a nice to have but I mean because we we say it so often and it almost sounds cliche to this point but living a meaningful life like to me it really contributes to having just better physical health and better like mental health because you're not just wandering aimlessly, you know, like they said in Proverbs, where there's no vision, the people perish. And when you don't actively seek your purpose or walk in your purpose, you just wander aimlessly. And even in a more practical example, you know, for me, my purpose fuels the why behind the great work that I do because it helps me remember like why I'm put on this earth. And it's always for reasons that are bigger than myself. And it reminds me that I do have a calling or like even a responsibility to leave the world a better place than you found it within, you know, your realm of living. And so, you know, I just feel like all things should be done with purpose work in purpose, give back with purpose, even like marry with purpose and take breakup vacations with purpose. <laughs> but even down to like friendships, maintain your friendships with purpose. Because again, the goal, at least in my eyes, is to leave the world a better place than you found it. And, and that goes for, you know, with your sorority or fraternity or your church relationships or your family or whatever it is, it should always be done intentionally and with purpose and I share the same sentiments with you both I feel that discovering your purpose is important because it provides us with a sense of direction in life because it it navigates our lives it guides the small and the big decisions that we will, will be faced with in our lives and like what we will eat when we wake up in the morning or to our career choices or what college we will attend or what friends, what people we will invite in our lives. So your purpose really guides all of that. And when we are uncertain of what we should be doing, it is easy to become lost or caught up doing the wrong thing. And I think a common fear, at least my fear, but I think it's a common fear that a lot of young people in our era, like millennials, have is spending their lives searching 
for that purpose. I had this conversation with someone before and I, I stated the same exact statement. I said, I think my fear is just spending life doing the wrong thing. And her response to that was sometimes when we get into doing careers, there's no such thing as a wrong career choice or a wrong move in life because all of that is aligned with your purpose. All of that will kind of push you into your purpose. So you use those things to help push you to the purpose. So I think everything that we choose for ourselves, for our lives is a part of that purpose, a part of finding that purpose. Even if it doesn't end up, you know, being what you end up doing for your career path. So the second question is, have you discovered your purpose? I think I'm still on the journey of discovering my purpose, but I know that the center of it stems from service and not just service to others, but even servicing to myself. Because for a long time, Mm. when I thought of care, I always found that I was leaving myself out. And if you don't commit service for yourself, how can you care for the others around you? So, Mm. Indeed, I agree. Like, yes and no. I think that purpose is something that doesn't always remain the same. Like, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have told you that my purpose was to be a world-changing marketing executive for one of the big five tech companies. And now my purpose is strongly connected to giving back to my community, getting into philanthropy, and, you know, serving women who have experienced pregnancy loss. And I think that's the beauty of discovering your purpose because, Your purpose today doesn't have to be your purpose tomorrow, and that's okay. It could change. And actually, I think it should change, especially as you evolve as a woman. And so my advice to anyone listening is to just continue to ask God to keep you grounded in your purpose, even when it isn't easy or even when it's uncomfortable, so that you can remain obedient to his calling over your life and continue to serve in a way that's fulfilling to you and fulfilling in the eyes of God. So have I discovered my purpose? Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, at least I feel like I am walking in the direction of my purpose. Like I'm on the path, but I am still growing. I'm still evolving. I'm still learning. I'm still taking in everything that I'm doing, you know, eventually to find out what it is that God ultimately wants me to do. Will the purpose be in the area of healthcare? I don't know. I don't know if it would be in that area, but I do know that it is something now that I'm good at. And it's something that I'm using to, um, to bless my community and to uplift my community. But if is it something that I'm going to be doing, you know, years and years from now? I don't know. Because as I mentioned before, I'm still growing. I'm still evolving as a person. So we'll see what the future holds. And I'm excited about it at the same time. So the last question is, do you have any tips for anyone who might be listening for discovering purpose? I only have one. (laughs) And that's you have to put yourself out there. Stop limiting yourself to your comfort zone and your few friends and family. I know it can be sometimes scary and daunting to take that first step because a lot of us suffer from that imposter syndrome. 
but overcome that fear and do something that you've only thought or dreamed about doing. And I say within reason, because <laughs> don't just think that you can just take the last few dollars and go open up a jewelry store or something. It may not be the best option at the time, but within reason, <clears throat> it's nothing really preventing you from pursuing your purpose. That's true. I mean, don't spend your last trying to open up a low vibration restaurant, <laughs> selling low vibration plates or become a travel agent for couples breaking up. But no, in all seriousness, I think my biggest tip for discovering your purpose is to develop a growth mindset because that's what allows you to embrace the challenges as opportunities and persevere in spite of any setbacks. And be able to accept feedback and constructive criticism because, and I know both of you can attest to this along with me, just because you discover your purpose doesn't mean that walking in your purpose will be easy. I feel like finding your purpose is the easy part, but overcoming the challenges and the hardships during that journey is the hard part. And it takes a strong growth mindset to be ready to face those challenges. And as you pray to God to help you find your purpose, you want to make sure that you also ask for the strength and the wisdom to carry out that purpose to serve the people of God. And that is my tip for you. Okay. So one tip that I have is one, find a mentor, find someone who is much older than you, who has walked their path or their journey to success and who has somewhat who may have found their purpose in life you know get a mentor talk to them learn from them grow from them take constructive criticism from them that is like one tip and I'm still like searching for that mentor and praying for that mentor and the mentor can be somebody who has walked the path or the career path that you have already walked so I think that's very important. Another thing is what I've learned in life and what I see is we live in an era of social media where people watch other people and they desire the things of other people. Or, you know, we live in an era where families have expectations on one person. So sometimes we might develop our purpose or our path or career goals based on what the expectations are or what expectations people have or what we want other people to see from us. And I think to overcome like these expectations, we must maintain ownership of our choices. The decisions that we make in life should really be your own. It shouldn't be anybody else's. You know, you can consider the advice of other people or what others may give you, but ultimately whatever choice you make in your life or whatever you choose for your life should be a decision that you can take ownership for a decision that you said okay this is my decision to go off to school this is my decision to make this career path I know everybody in my family are doctors and lawyers but it was my decision to do this for my life not because everyone else is doing it and you want to basically live up to your own expectation and God's expectation too. You have to put that in the equation because living up to the expectations of others, is like chasing a moving target. That's the way I like to put it. It's like chasing a moving target because each person, you know, may have a different hope for you. You know, this person might want you to go off to school to be a doctor. This person might want you to go off to school to be a lawyer. This person sees that you 
may be a good therapist, you know, so everyone may have a different expectation of you. And if you are trying to live up to the expectations of everyone, it's going to become a little bit tedious for you. And another thing too, like the social pressure is very fluid. Like every time you turn around, you know, people may have different opinions and the society is always changing gender roles and the expectations that people have are changing. So people will continually change their expectations towards you because of what is changing with society. So in order to really have a good foundation, you need to know what it is that you want in life. And figuring that out is going to take work on your behalf. It's not going to just come to you. You know, you have to get out there and do different things, learn different things, pray and ask God for guidance on what gifts you have, what talents that you were awarded with. Look at some of the things that people tell you that you're natural at. You know, what are some of the things that people compliment you on all the time? You want to really pay attention to those things and start living towards, you know, that purpose. So that is my tip. Oh, another thing I want to add in there, there's a quote that I like, and it says that you are not living the life you want to live when you try to live up to the expectations of others. So always remember Mm. that. I love that. Yeah. Yes. So this has been, it went so fast. We were having such a good time. (laughs) We're already at the end. Oh my gosh, (laughs) y'all. Well, we thank everybody for tuning in and hanging in with us to the very end. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Close the Curtain. We cannot wait to have you join us for more icebreakers, more corker toasts, and more sidebar segments. This has been Close the Curtain. Peace. Thank you for joining us this week on Close the Curtain podcast with Nalita, Shalana, and Caroline. I hope you enjoyed this brief respite and that something we said inspired or motivated you to close the curtain on whatever is not for the season in which you find yourself in. If you're enjoying Close the Curtain, please rate the show, share it. These things allow more women access to the same wonderful content that you enjoy. If you have questions, comments, or you want to suggest show topics, Leave a message for us on our email, hello at closethecurtain.com. Again, that's hello at closethecurtain.com. You can also stay connected with Close the Curtain Podcast on Instagram at our handle at Close the Curtain Podcast. Our website is www.closethecurtain.com. And our podcast can be enjoyed on the following platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor with more to come. This has been an awesome show. Don't forget to meet us next time at the intersection of pop culture and wellness. Bye.